Dear friends in Christ, the scene is a house in a country far away from here. A group of Christians have gathered together to sing and to pray. And all of a sudden, rushing through the door of that home are some men who attack and beat up the men and women who are gathered there that day. They destroy the furniture and they arrest the leaders. That same theme, that same scene, I should say, is repeated over and over again throughout many places in many countries around the world, day after day, even today. We will soon be celebrating our Independence Day here in America. And as we do that, we are reminded of all the freedoms that we enjoy, especially the freedom of religion, the freedom to worship freely. And as we contemplate those freedoms, it's good to be reminded of our brothers and sisters around the the whole world in various places that are suffering for their faith. Most of us as Christians in America really are kind of ignorant of the, the persecuted church that we find in so many countries in our world. Persecution, though, of Christians is not new. It has always been so. In fact, Christianity has grown by the blood of the martyrs through the centuries. It has its roots in the catacombs of Rome, which was the first literal underground church. And the Christian church spread them throughout the first century effort, or mission by missionary efforts in the first century, but many of those people were persecuted for their faith as they spread God's word. In fact, it is said that 90% of all Christians from the time of Christ to today have experienced some type of persecution through the centuries. So what we are enjoying now in America and in the free world, I believe, is is kind of a, a small interlude of approval and freedom. Where Christianity, you see, has suffered the most through the centuries, it is there that it has remained most pure and committed to our Messiah, Jesus Christ. The reality of persecution from the very beginning of the Christian church can be seen in those those words that Jesus shared with his disciples in our gospel text today, where we read that Jesus sends out his disciples to be witnesses, to be missionaries to the land around them. But Jesus knows that Satan is not happy as they go out and share about the gospel of Jesus Christ And he tells these 12 inexperienced missionaries, he says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves, so be on guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands to the end will be saved. Certainly we are challenged by those words still 2,000 years later. We must be strong like those early disciples for the time may come even in our lifetime and in the future times when we will have to face hostile forces for the sake of the gospel. 
Christians today at times, even now, are being made fun of because of the, the, the tight hold that we have on the truth of God's word and believe God's word. And, and the fact that we have not gone along with the changing moral standards of the day. We are attacked because of that. And you can see that in the media. The Christians are attacked for being so simple-minded and not going along with the trends of the day. So whether we're first-century Christians or 21st-century Christians, we must hear the words of Jesus that we don't have to be afraid, though, no matter what forces come against us, no matter how we are criticized, no matter how hostile the environment is. Jesus gets to that point in our gospel text today by using a multitude of examples of scary things, really, that the disciples need to be aware of that that will threaten their well-being. But at the same time, he reassures his disciples that even if they are verbally or physically abused for their connection to him, they don't have to be afraid. During his years as premier of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev denounced many of the policies and the atrocities of Joseph Stalin. But at a public meeting one time when he was speaking, he was interrupted by a heckler from the crowd who, who yelled out, You were one of Stalin's colleagues. Why didn't you stop him? Who said that, roared Khrushchev. And there was an agonizing silence in the group. No one dared to move or to speak. Then Khrushchev replied quietly, Now you know why. Nothing was said. The point was well made. Fear is a powerful, motivating factor. It can make people just unmovable and not be able to to talk or to do what they know is right because they're so afraid. So Jesus tries to ease his disciples' fears as he talks to them that day, and he says to them, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear those who can destroy both soul and body in hell. In other words, he says, don't fear people. Fear and reverence God. There is nothing that anyone can do to us that nullifies God's claim for us, that nullifies God's love for us. Even if a person kills our body, God still has power even over our soul. And even if someone threatens everything that we have, God still has the last word. He's in control. So after Jesus tells his disciples to fear God, to reverence God instead of people, he reminds them that each of them are valuable to him. God knows us intimately. He knows us personally. He says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father's knowledge. 
it is said that sparrows are dirty birds. They a lot, a lot of times they have fleas. They don't have any color. They're not beautiful. They don't have a song. They don't sing like a lot of birds do. Yet, our scripture says that, that Jesus reminds his disciples not even a tiny sparrow dies without God's awareness. And we are so much more valuable than these simple, cheap birds. More than just the fact that God notices when we die, Jesus reminds us, his disciples, that he knows about us every day of our lives, and he cares for us. And he says, even the hairs of your head are numbered. Some of us have less hairs for God to count these days. But we know that God cares for us and for every single part of us. And, and yet, every one of our hairs, he says, even is a number in the mind of God. The point is obvious, isn't it? If God takes note of these little things, how much more does he take care and take notice of what is happening to you and to me each and every day? The things that are on our mind, the things that are troubling us, God knows about those things. How much more does God care about our well-being, about the little and the big things that are going on in our lives? So we don't have to be afraid, do we? You're worth much more than the little sparrows, and I know about each of them, too, he says. He shows our value by reminding us that he rescued us from feelings of unworthiness and feelings that we have sometimes when we don't feel very valuable. And a lot of times we don't feel good about ourselves because of our sins and how they weigh us down. And we feel guilty and burdened by those sins. But he came to rescue us from those feelings by dying on the cross and allowing us to no longer be condemned by the sins that we do. You know, if there is another terrible terrorist attack somewhere, even in our own country, or or even a tornado that comes even in our local area, and the list goes on and on, we can think of a lot of things that, that we are fearful of from time to time. But we can be reassured, Jesus says, that his presence is surrounding us, and we don't have to worry or be afraid. Sorrow and pain and loneliness and devastation in one form or another, those things are going to happen. They do exist in our imperfect world. But they do not have to have control over us. We don't have to be frightened to the point where we cannot live a normal life. God knows how deeply and intimately we desire his presence in our lives. And he reminds us in many, many ways that he loves us and cares for us. There's nothing that human beings can do to us that can change the fact that God is here. And he's with us and he loves us. So don't be afraid, Jesus says. John Chrysostom was a Christian leader who served as the patriarch of Constantinople in the 4th century. And Chrysostom was arrested by the Roman emperor and charged with being a Christian. If Chrysostom did not renounce Christ, then the emperor would have him banished from the kingdom. 
But Christendom responded to the emperor and to that threat by saying that the emperor could not throw him out of the kingdom. For he said, the whole world is my father's kingdom. Well, then the emperor said, well, I'll take your life. To that, Christendom responded, you cannot take my life because my life will continue forever in Christ. Well, then the emperor said, well, I'll take away all your property and all your treasure. To that was replied, you cannot take away my treasure, for my treasure is in heaven, and it's going to be there forever. Lastly, the emperor said, well, I will banish you to a place where you will have no friends. You will be all alone. And to this he responds, you cannot do that. For I have one friend from whom you can never separate me from, and that is Jesus Christ. And then he looked right at the emperor and he said, I defy you, for you can never harm me. Wow. Think about that. Think about what that man said to defy that emperor. Jesus said to his disciples, And he says to we, his disciples in the 21st century, that we don't have to to be afraid of these things that may come into our lives because he'll take care of us. He's provided for us, and he'll watch over us. So we may need to ask ourselves the question today, and I know I need to ask myself the question from time to time, if there was a chance that I would be arrested for being in church on a Sunday morning, would I keep going? If I was being harassed for being a Christian, would I have the courage to keep going? Or would I let my fears overtake me? As I've said, there's millions of Christians today who have very legitimate reasons for fearing their futures. And we need to do some things as Christians in America to help our brothers and sisters around the world. For one thing, we can support organizations that are working with persecuted churches. And these organizations sometimes broadcast the gospel into countries that don't have the freedoms that we do to worship and so on. Voice of the Martyrs is one of those organizations that has been around for years that have helped Christians who are caught in the web of suffering and and persecution. And we do have information about that uh, organization on the shelf in the narthex. In their last magazine, I noticed that they had a prayer insert, and it simply says, pray. And it has a map of the world, and it has different colors for different countries. And some of these countries, those marked in red, are restricted. You cannot freely share about your faith in these countries. In fact, often in these countries, if you say you're a Christian, you are arrested and sometimes even put to death. There are other, other countries that are in the, the orange uh, colors that, that are hostile to the Christian faith. You may not be arrested for being a Christian, but you are harassed and, and, and uh, put down for your faith in, in, by government forces and other, other groups. And then there are some uh, that are that are green here, that are moving in that direction. 
that we have to be aware of, that there are some forces in those countries that are negating the work of the Christian church. So you see there are a lot of countries in our world that there's a hostility towards the Christian faith, and we do need to do what it says right here. We do need to pray for the persecuted church, wherever that may be today. Well, we can indeed pray for our brothers and sisters that today might need some extra strength to face the harassment and the torture that they may be enduring. And it's good that we can talk about and honor the forefathers of our Christian faith, those from the first centuries of our history as a church, for their proclamation of the gospel and thanking them for risking their lives for the gospel's sake. But we must also never forget the present-day martyrs, the present-day Christians in many lands of our world who are suffering just as much as those Christians in the first century did. For we are all one body in Christ. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, when one member suffers, all members suffer. When one of our brothers or sisters in Christ is suffering in China or some other place, we are suffering too because we're one with them, you see. So today let's open our hearts once again to the people of the cross, wherever they may be around the world. Fellow Christians who may have a very, very heavy cross to bear today. And let us look also at our own hearts and seek the kind of faith that can stand up also under ridicule and even torture. Indeed, we can stand with confidence today because the same God who has his eye on the sparrow is also watching us. We know who will rule in the end. And that victory is already secured by what Jesus did for us on the cross and guaranteed to us by the empty tomb. We know that Jesus is living and his spirit is living within us and he's here to help us when we're afraid. We know this is the one true life-giving message that we can share with the world around us. Yes, our life will be lost someday, one way or another in this world, but nothing can take the life that is already secured for us that will last forever. Amen.